get it together. I'm so glad they got it together. Love that song. It's got to be one of my, my favorites. Uh, God is so good. I got this from my daughter, and I thought this was this was you know you ever have one of those those days that you you know you're just like the dots just don't get connected. Before I get started, if you're wondering like you you know you're saying who's who's a good looking dude on the base? That's my youngest boy Sam, and uh, his lovely wife Hannah. They're sitting right back there, and uh, Sammy's gonna. You know, when he has free time, he's going to help us from time to time when he's not playing there on a Sunday. And uh, he's got he, the boys loaded with skill. And uh, so God is good. Anyway, my daughter sends me this. Police asking someone. So I'll say I am the someone they're asking. Police, where do you live? Me, with my parents. Police, where do your parents live? Me, with me. Police, <laughs> where do you all live? Me, together. Police, where's your house? Me, next to my neighbor's house. <laughs> Police, where's your neighbor's house? Me, if I tell you, would you believe me? Please tell me, next to my house. <laughs> I just had to crack up. She sent that to me, and I was laughing out loud. I just thought, oh, this is funny. But uh, you, you, you guys do know why Jesus can't go into a jewelry store. Because he breaks every chain. All right, I'm sorry, not really, but hey, <laughs> as you know, we've been focusing on healing for September. September, to remember, this whole month has been dedicated to healing, but you know, it has been so good to get in the house of the Lord, and, and that worship just, just pulls up that ground, and, and uh, we're able to get some word planted in there, so we're about to do that, but before we do that, how many know someone or know, uh, you know someone close to you or someone that you know or somebody knows that has been... Now, we've all been affected by COVID, but are battling COVID right now in, in a way, yes. I mean, can we not pray? I mean, is that not our right? I, I'm so excited. In the next couple of weeks, we got stuff that's going on. I mean, we're going to talk about uh, what our words mean. We're going to talk about what our rights are. We need to know what our rights are. So that we can do what God has called us to do. But let's pray. Let's pray not just to say words, but let's pray and say words that we believe. In the name of Jesus, come on. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for these people that have been affected by COVID. I know we've all been affected, but those that are battling right now, we bind COVID in their life, in their bodies. In Jesus' name, we command and loose healing on their bodies by the power and the stripes of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we believe it. Everybody say amen. amen. Let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining with us today. So we're going to talk about this. This today is talking about discovering healing. It's not like you don't know that it's there, but sometimes, you know, even in my walk, you, have you ever did something, stumbled across it, and then like, how to I do that? Now, I am, does this look like the body of a golfer? Don't answer that. No, it does not. <laughs> So, I, you know, golfing was not my thing. Football and karate were my things. But I do like to golf. I just never do it. So we went out, and it was a, you know what a four-man scramble is? Whoever, and you play best ball. So whoever hits the best ball, everybody tees off the same place. Whoever hits the best one, you tee off at the next, that's where you go for your next shot. It's kind of embarrassing when I play golf, actually. <laughs> I've literally missed the ball on the tee. It's happened. In a, twice in a row. 
but in this particular thing. But anyway, we were on a par five, and a, and a par five means they say you should be able to get the ball in the little hole in five shots. If it's a par four, four shots, three, three shots, you know. It was a par five. I lined up. There's people waiting, you know. I hit that ball like a screaming angel saying, ha-ha! That ball flew, and we got in the hole in three because of that drive. I won a golf bag because of that drive. Longest drive of the day. I had people come up to me and go, Brett, how did you do that? And I could look at them and go, I have no idea because I couldn't do it again. At least I tried, and it didn't happen again. It happened once, and I was thankful for the golf bag. That's why I'm talking about even in healing, sometimes we do just the right thing, and something happens, and then we go, how do we do that? God's not trying to keep secrets from you. The enemy is the one that clouds your mind. Say amen to that. The enemy will try to get you confused so that you won't know which way you're coming or going. If there's a treasure map to be found, the enemy's going to try to get you to not be able to find it. But I got news for you. God has got the whole map revealed. And we're going to talk about that this morning. I've got this door back up here, and there's a reason for it. I'm going to get to that in just a second. It is a salvation door. We use that, and you're welcome to use it today if you get saved or whatever, or even if you've been saved for years and haven't signed it. There's markers somewhere. They're back there on the cross. Come up here and sign your name. Put the, the date you got saved. And we talked about walking through the door. Just getting, you know, coming from one side to the other. That's why there's all those names on there. <clears throat> Excuse me. So anyway, we're looking now. I'm going to use it for a different illustration. I saw this last night. And so when I get to it, I want to give props to Amy Frutiger, Pastor Amy, Gary's daughter. I saw this and I thought, I got one of those doors in the church. I'm going to use that. Because it just made it so easy. But we've got a treasure map today, and I want us to kind of look at it. If you've ever got lost and needed directions, now I'm a dude, if I have to ask for directions, how many guys like to ask for directions? We do not. And all your, your wife knows that. All, you, nobody, no, no guy likes to go and say, I, I don't know where, where I'm at. You, could you? What's worse is if you get directions, and they give them to you, and they're wrong. I don't know, am I the only one that wants to go back to the gas station and say, you haven't been slapped today, have you? It's, it's kind of my job to do that. That's really not my job, but I mean, you want the right direction. So, you know, wanting to know, and then we have things that we're, God, I don't, what if I do something wrong? And God is bigger than that. The enemy's got us all tricked into, like, we must do everything perfect. If we don't do everything perfect, everything else is null and void. That is a lie from the enemy. Now, there are things that we have to do to get the kingdom principle to work. Yes, there are laws that are in place. I cannot change a law. But we have to understand there's, there's a reason that God is God and we are not. There is grace. There is things. So uh, we're going to look at all of those things. Healing belongs to you and me. Abundance, peace, joy are rightfully ours. But sometimes we're like, God, show me. How do I get that? We talk about it. How do I get that? And it's simply this. And it's going to sound cliche, but I don't mean it that way. Kingdom living. Living for the kingdom. Doing things God's way. Sometimes that seems like, God, you don't even know. But he does. It seems a million miles away or it's out of our reach. Maybe we think this. If I pray harder, he'll hear me. If I beg, he'll listen. If I say a few more confessions, maybe he would, he would do something. I would get that. 
Maybe we think things like this and even go more off course. God's just trying to teach me something through this sickness. God put this on me. Those are all lies. God does not put sickness on you. He does not use sickness. The enemy does. And that is not God. So I want you to stop right there. I'm going to have Scott come up here real quick. Scott's going to be the devil today. Hey, if you're on a roll, you know. <laughs> okay, Scott, go on the other side of this door. Now, this is what I'm saying. This side of the door is, is the kingdom side. Scott is not on the kingdom side because he's the bad guy. But on this side of the door is the kingdom side. We are to live on this side. Amen? On this side, there is healing. There is prosperity. There is uh, peace. There is all of those things on this side. But what happens in our life, we get on this side, and the enemy is always trying to pull us back to this side. Now, I want you to see something. Scott, again, is playing the part of the enemy. For you that can't see him, he's going. Because of my rights as a, kid's, a kingdom uh, of God's kid, he can't get to me when I'm on this side. Do you see that? He can't get to me when I'm on this side. But now he's going to knock on the door. Okay, okay Mr. Ed. Okay. He, he's going to knock on the door. Okay, you've already knocked. Don't knock anymore. But it not the enemy always trying to pull us the other way? And he's going to try to, to say things in, in your mind, things that are not secure, things that are not confident, things that are lies, things that are, are bad, or thoughts that were... And, and how many times, and you just be honest, do the thoughts, the voice sounds like you? And people will say, well, Brett, how do I discern? Because this is what happens... If he starts saying, you know what? This church will never make it. You're not a good pastor. This won't never. And if I give voice to that, what is happening is I'm working my way towards the door and I start going this way. And now when I'm out here, can he get to me? He can get to me because I have, listen, I have allowed him to speak into my life. And it sounds, but I, but I thought it was me, or sometimes we think it's God. Does the enemy like try to do that? He, he tries to be a ventriloquist, doesn't he? He tries to be like a rich little, and some of you don't know who that is, but he could sound like somebody else. Here's what we have to understand. If you want to know if it's God or you or the enemy, put it to the Bible test. If what the thought is steals kills or destroys it's the enemy i don't care who it sounds like it is the enemy it is him that comes to steal kill and destroy now if i go out here then i'm subject to whatever i've let myself out to i've opened this okay now he has now he's so the only thing i can do is i better figure out how do i get back remember the prodigal he came back and father saw him. I have to say things like that come out of my mouth that make him go away. 
The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. It also says, submit to God. He knows who you're submitted to. Sometimes we're human and we get ourselves pulled back here because we, are, we feel weak or we're worn out. And we've been listening to the wrong voice. We didn't ask if it killed, destroyed, st- stole. And so we just assumed and then we got ourselves out here. Or I'll just do this and we didn't realize we're playing with fire. So now I have to say things like, I'm a child of God. You let me go. And I have to work my way back here. And I get back here and he can't come. I can shut this door and now I can enjoy peace and and all of the things that God has. But the key of this, discovering healing or whatever, is in this door. What you're going to give your ear to listen to. Are you going to believe the lie? The more that you believe the lie, if I stay on this side of the door, if if I allow this just to stay open... And him, you don't have to taunt me, but let's just say if Scott was taunting me. <laughs> and I'm just going to kind of listen to him. I'm still on this side, but I'm going I'm to entertain that somewhat. <laughs> He's a natural. <laughs> so I'm going to entertain that somewhat. So it's going to affect what I, what I feel I can enjoy in the kingdom because I have allowed my thoughts to go elsewhere. So the key of this <laughs> is just shutting the door. When, when that thought comes, that I don't care what it sounds like, if it comes to steal, kill, or destroy, it's not of God, shut the door. Shut the door. And then you shut the door, we can start enjoying the stuff. I sat in that service last night, and I, was, I wanted to get up and go, Say that again, Amy, because <laughs> it was so good. Let's ask God, if the map is found in the book, how do I stay on this side of the door? How do I discover my healing? You know, statistics state most Americans have nearly four of these books in their house. Actually, this is the, I can't even get it out. Statistic that I read said 3.6. How you can have 0.6 of a Bible, I'm not real sure. Unless it's just a small New Testament. I don't know. But we don't, most of the Americans, they have over almost four Bibles in their house and they don't use them. Do you know a lot of us here that are listening to me and those that are online, we have unemployed angels. We don't, we don't give them anything to do because we don't know the word. And if they're on assignment, if we would tell them what to do by the word of God, do you know that they hearken to the word of God? They're just unemployed. They just sit there and are waiting. You know, some of the things that you are believing for, you're not getting them because we're not putting our angels on assignment. Anyway, it's it's the word of God. Major key here, the word of God, discovering healing. We don't have to look for other ways. We just go to the word. We we just say, God, what do you say? So to do that, let's look at Jesus. Isn't he be the best example? Since Jesus is Jesus, and man, he had the best healing ministry around Let's look at him and see what we can do. So I'm going to give you very quickly five ways that I've discovered that can unlock healing. Five ways. Give your neighbor a high five. Here's discovery number one. We're busy. You can go away now. Thanks. Persistent little snot, isn't he? (laughs) 
I love Scotty. Discovery number one, be God-minded. What would God do? We, remember those bands when that was all important? WWJD, what would Jesus do? What would God do? How would God handle this? What's he telling you to do? Proverbs 4, 20 and 22. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. That's amazing. By God is saying, hey, did you catch what I'm telling you? Let it get in here. Think about it for a second. Let it drop from your head to your heart because this is going to bring you health. Let's look at some healings in the Bible. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? That's in Luke 8, 43 and 48. I won't read it all. But we don't know a whole lot about this woman. Other, We don't really know her name. We don't know her family background. We don't even know what caused her ailment or sickness. We don't know exactly you know, why this happened. We don't know that she's ever met Jesus before. But we do know this. She got healed. The Bible is very clear about that. So we've got to start asking ourselves, how? How did that happen? It was a process. Now, sometimes, you know, she had to go through a lot of stuff. Now, and, and let's just look at it. She'd been struggling for, the Bible says, 12 long years. She spent every dime she had trying to get better, so she had went to doctors of that time. What do I do? What do I do? You know, so obviously she went and said, I'm getting a second opinion. She went somewhere else. She might have got a third or fourth opinion, and she had spent all her money, and she was just trying to get better, but she got worse, according to the word, and she wasn't allowed to walk the streets because she was sick. I'm bringing this one to you because she's basically a COVID shut-in. She's not supposed to be out because she's been exposed, or you could be exposed. She's contagious or whatever. They don't know what's going on. Sound kind of familiar? But what would make her take such a leap of faith, leave her home, go out into the streets where people knew she wasn't allowed to be, and ask a man she may have never met to heal her? And the answer seems simple, her faith. But how did she get this faith? She meditated on Jesus. She had heard about him. She is getting a mindset like God. She was shut in. She obviously had heard about his miracles, maybe his compassion, his healings. And so it affected her belief system. Do you know what you think about will affect your belief system? It really is true. What you focus on in your mind will affect your belief system. So she did that long enough for faith to rise up in her, and she was already believing for healing before she ever got to him, because she declares it. If I can just touch his robe, that's all I need. I'm going to be healed. She already declares it out loud. So it came out of her mouth. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, remember, he said, who touched me? Now, the disciples, Andrew Womack said this, and I thought this was really good. He said, sometimes, you know, these 12 dudes hung out with Jesus and still didn't get it sometimes. And we, we read it and we think, I can't believe they didn't get it. But trust me, I think if we'd have been there, we'd have probably had the same struggles. So he was saying, you know, sometimes you want to go, the disciples. <laughs> but they're like, what do you mean? Who's touching you? Everybody's touching you. But he said, no, I felt power go out of me. And so... He says to her, your faith has healed you. 
Brett, are you telling me if, you, if I meditate on the word, that will, that will work for me? That's exactly what I'm telling you. You've got to get that word of God in you. Meditate on Jesus instead of thinking about the world's has to say and what they say to do or this or that, what your symptoms are telling you, what your feelings are saying. And again, what's knocking at the door? You're going to have people that mean well. They're going to tell you a lot of things that maybe not line up with the word of God. What, is, what are you saying? What is God saying to you that you want to repeat? How's that? You might have to turn off the television. You might not want to watch the news as much as you did because it's always positive. (laughs) How about the commercials? There's so many drug commercials on. Oh, my gosh. And then at the end, whoever can talk that fast for all the disclaimers, and could cause death. I mean, it's just like, ugh. And sometimes they'll say things, and you, the enemy will put thoughts in there. That's what you have. Or that, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Again, think about that knocking. Don't go to the door. You don't need to answer that. Let God answer that for you. You don't need to open the door and let him talk. Let your faith answer the door. You know what? I'm not believing that in Jesus' name. The Bible says, by his stripes I'm healed. 1 Peter 2.24 says that I've got this. God did this for me. Keep your consciousness from having access to anything but Jesus until you can get your faith where it needs to be. You might have to put some stuff on the mirror when you shave in the morning or, or you brush your teeth to see your beautiful face. I mean that in a good way. But you might have to put some things up there. What are you battling? What is the word? Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Get a word from God. Stick it on your mirror. Put it on the dash of your car. Say it out loud. And when you're shaving or brushing your teeth or fixing your hair, say it over and over again. By his stripes I'm healed. Thank you, God. And be thankful for the things that aren't sick. And, you know, like, Brett, when will it come? You'll know because you'll all of a sudden it'll make that deposit from here to here and you'll get excited about it. All of a sudden you'll know in your knower. That's when your heart and your head connect and you're like, that's true. Mark 11, 22 and 24, Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Mark says, if we pray whatever we desire, when we pray, we should believe we receive it. Now, obviously, That is in the realm of the will of God. Obviously, it's not for stuff that's illegal or anything like that. But you believe you receive when you're praying, not after. The woman with the issue of blood, she didn't jump onto the street that day and get healed. She was healed because she declared she would be healed before she got there. I just got touches. That's when it manifested. But according to her faith, it was done before she she ever got there. Number two, discovery number two, be humble. <clears throat> Hebrews 4, 16, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There, there we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. What is it? What is actual humility? The Bible's definition of humility is boldness, coming boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy and help. 
Andrew Murray defines humility as the place of entire dependence on God. In other words, when we don't think we need God's help or if we're trying to solve on our own problems, we're knee-deep in the sin of pride. Humility is just saying, God, I, I can't do this without you. I totally need to lean on you. Brett, how do you know if you're operating in pride? Pride says, there's nothing wrong with saying I got this, but you need to understand who you got it through. Are, are you with me? I might have this, but I only have it by the grace of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I got this because God gave me the authority and power. I got this, devil. You get your hands off my children. Get your hands out of my house because I have the authority given to me by God. So I can have it by that authority delegated to me, but it is not me that does that. I mean, it is me that does that, but it's not me that the power and the anointing come from. It comes from Jesus. Hello? <laughs> it's all good. It's a, tell them I'll talk to them after service. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we might be saying stuff like this. Well, why won't God come and fix this for me? And I, here's my answer. Because you're holding it, he can't. You need to understand this is one of the greatest responsibilities that we have when it comes to healing, prosperity, whatever peace is this. This door. We have the responsibility of what we let in this door. You have a free will. And God will not go against your free will. That is an awesome thing. But it is also an awesome responsibility. So you have to be in charge of what you allow in or what comes in and out of that. Humility is acknowledge God is greater than we are. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 7, in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Cast our care on God. Now I know there's people in this room and I've done it myself, we are masters at worry. If we get, you know, oh God, we, you know, we're going to worry about this, and we're going to, and then it, when that gets solved, we jump right from that stone. Now I'm going to worry about this, and we move to another. Okay, now I'm going to worry about this, and then I'm going to worry about that. And I've I've had this, and you've heard me say this. People say I don't know how to meditate. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. That is just putting your thoughts on stuff that you know. Nothing's going to change by worry. You know what is going to change by faith by putting God on the job, by dispatching angels on assignment. God doesn't want us to have a single care. He wants you to live Holy Ghost-empowered life. He wants you to be the example. He wants people to be like, dude, that is so awesome. How did God do that? And I'm just going to point to Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, man, serving him is the best thing I've ever did. Remember the woman who asked Jesus to heal her demon-possessed daughter? It's in Matthew 15, 22 and 28. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to talk about it. He answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now that's in the New King James. And she came and worshiped him and she called him Lord and she called him son of David. And she cried out and said, Lord, help me. So she needed mercy. And this is what he answered. He said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. 
Now, I want you to make a note of that because that seems like, what? Healing is the children's bread. You need to hear it. Healing is the children's bread. And we are the family of God. And at that time, this lady is outside of the family of God, which is why he responded the way he did. And she came back, and he, you know, she insisted, and she said, Yes, Lord, even little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And he said, Man, great as Let it be as you desire. She didn't have any pride. She had just said, I just need, God, I just need you. She came to get her daughter delivered, and she humbled herself before Jesus. And Jesus said, that's what I'm talking about. Cast your care, get rid of your fear, walk in Bible humility. 1 John 4, 15 through 18 talks about love, and it talks about God's kind of love. God loves us, and we live in love. God lives in us, and we, you know, in him we live, we move, we have our being. All of that can be derived from some of this scripture. So practicing his love, and again, I'm just saving some time by letting you read those. His perfect love, the Bible says, will cast out fear and allows you to walk in the kind of humility that unlocks healing. So just having, you know, if God loves you, you're secure in all that. It casts out fear. Fear is one of the biggest things the enemy uses. That's the thing that knocks on the door all the time. You might have got a bad report from the doctor or, or you know, you got bills that are due. And the, and the enemy's knocking and he's telling you and he's trying to lock, knock loud so that you... Have you ever tried to concentrate and your kids are, are being loud? Somebody calls on the phone and your kids are... are that's the time all of a sudden, give it back! And you're like... Oh. There's all those kind of things. When the enemy, there's so many things that God wants to do, and sometimes when the enemy sees that moving, he wants to go louder than that. Can I make a suggestion? Go louder than the enemy. Determine. People might go, well, they'll think I'm nuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I just want to shout. There's times, I'm telling you, in all of this stuff that's happened for me, from heart attack and feeling, you know, in 2020, I did not like that year. But just all of at night, you know, everybody would be in bed and I'd be fighting fear. And then the enemy would be knocking at my door going, you're never going to wake up. This will be your last night here. You better take a good look at her because you're not going to see her again until, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I would have to fight fear all of the time. Everybody else is asleep and there'd be times I'd just get up, I'd go down, I'd just go down to the couch and I'd just deal with fear and there's sometimes that she has said to me you know i don't care if you got to go down and yell i'm like i will wake everybody up she didn't care now i didn't have to go down and yell because i I didn't need to but if i needed to just get louder than fear get louder than the enemy just say you know what huh according to this and then start quoting the word, whatever you're being afraid of or what the enemy is pushing, whatever he's knocking, be louder than that. Let your children see you stand for something. If you shoot at nothing, you'll hit it. Aim at the enemy. Third, discovery, be secure. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5. Love is patient and kind. It's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. 
We want to be walking in God's perfect will. Everybody does if we are honest. When we need to receive something, we have to love. God is love. And he's commanded us to love him and one another. So this discovery of being secure, if we step out of love, and then we step out of his will. In other words, we're going out this door on the other side now. And the enemy will give you all kinds of chances. And again, to get offended. I just walked through one just the other day. I had an opportunity, and for a month or so, I had an opportunity to be offended at somebody that's very close to me. <clears throat> and I had to not answer the door. And just recently, that whole situation, they, they approached me and were all excited about what was going on in my life, about what I could have been offended about. But I had to, think about this, I had to choose to not open the door. And here's why. And I want you to see it. Because if I'm on this side and I chose, I can't get my healing. I can't get it. Because I have chose to be offended. It's stopping me from being in the room on the kingdom side where he can't touch me. So if I stay good, I have no reason to not receive. 1 Corinthians 13 gives us a full picture of what love looks like. One characteristic is love is not insecure. Here's symptoms of some insecure people. They're unteachable, easily offended. They're quick to anger, slow to repent. They think they're never wrong. You ever met somebody that said, I am never wrong? I have met people like that. It's almost like, well, you're so wrong that you'd even say that. <laughs> They're always getting their feelings hurt over something. Something is always wrong. They'll just move from almost like the worrier. I'm going to go from this to this. But there is an answer. If we walk in love and stay in love, love thinks the best. Love gives them, as we would say, the benefit of the doubt. That just simply means I'm not going to give the doubt the voice. I'm going to say that's probably not what they meant. I'm sure if we were to talk to them, they would mean something good. It takes work, though, doesn't it? It's not always easy. Love is a decision. Romans 5.5, 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And that means we have what it takes to love the way God wants us to love. If God helped us do that, then I can, I can walk in that. Now, if you want to say, Brett, what are, what are some ways that I can help build my love walk really quick? See what love is and what it's not, 1 Corinthians 13. Just look in that chapter and start reading what love is. Secondly, there's a lot of wisdom in Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters. What is, what is the date today, the 18th? Is that right? 19th, okay. Read Proverbs 19 today. Tomorrow, read Proverbs 20. The next day, read Proverbs 21, 22. Just do that every month with any other part of your body because Proverbs is stocked full of wisdom. The more you walk in love, the major uh, your focus will be on God and his love, the things will be turning around in your life. Have a teachable spirit. If you can't be corrected, or you can't be directed or corrected, then you're going to be stuck. And you have to get yourself unstuck by what you're letting in the door. 
walk in the love of God, and then you activate the total blessing. When I'm in this room, I have everything. I've access to everything. Do you understand what the prodigal son, he said, here, here's my ring. Now, this guy had already taken his money, squandered it all, and the father gave him the signet ring. He gave him the robe. He put a crown on his head. He put shoes on his feet. He basically said, come on, get back in this house, and all I have, this is yours. There's nothing God cannot restore. But you gotta, you got to be like, I, I need to get in that room. You can do this. Number four, be forgiving. Mark eleven twenty five. when you're praying, forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive you your sins too. If you're finding things aren't happening or something is hindered, maybe you're holding unforgiveness. Something seems to be stopping it. Maybe it feels like, if you're an old timer, I remember, you know, when we, I used to walk to Vernon Elementary School from Forest Street. That's not, it doesn't seem very far, but as a kid, it seemed like, wow, we walked it in the winter, uphill, with the snow, with ice. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? But what I'm saying is now the school's not even there. They've, they've tore that down. What I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is, sometimes it feels like, I can't win, because that's the enemy knocking on that door. Dun, 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 dun. Don't listen to that. You're going to have to forgive. If you want to be forgiven, you must forgive. Staying out of both offense and unforgiveness, because, listen to me, is a prerequisite for, for receiving. If you stay offended, if you won't forgive, it's going to stop you. That's the best I can tell you. Mark eleven twenty four. we've read it before. Many people skip over the verse immediately following, so let's look at Mark eleven twenty five. When you're praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Now, we've talked about that, but again, that's important because that's not love. If we are like, I, I, won't, I will not. You may not, what if you got, they're mad at me or they don't like, I've got people now that don't like me. I can't do anything about that. All I can, I mean, really, what are you going to do? So I have to make sure that I'm clean on this side. I, I have to watch what I say and I have to watch what I think and I have to watch what I do. And I'm not perfect at it. Because sometimes I, want, I got a lot to say. Because some of you all know you've probably been unjustly accused or whatever. But again, I can't do anything about them. I can pray for them. That's why the Bible says pray for your enemies. I can still love them because God loves them. I don't have to go on vacation with them. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad no bitterness is in my life? But I can, I can just give that to God. I can cast that on him because I honestly don't want anything bad to happen to them. I want God just to turn that situation around because I've tried. I can't. I just have to give it to him. You got to put that, that key to healing in your hand. Ask the Lord. Sit down and ask him, is there somebody that I'm not forgiving? Is there somebody that I'm holding a grudge against? Am I offended at someone? And ask the Lord what you should do. 
Mark 4.17 tells us the devil uses those kinds of offenses to steal the word from our hearts. You know, he's after that word that's planted. He wants to take that out so that you can't get what God has called for you. He, he wants to keep you out of this room. That's what he wants. Because in the Father's house, we, we had people that used to tell us, you know, you should do this. You should do this with your kids. We had our kids. Maddie still lives at home with me. She's 25. She lives at home with Kim and I. And we, before, when the boys lived at home, when Sam lived at home, and we had people come up, and I, I know they mean well. You know, you should do this. You should charge your kids this much rent. You know what? They're my kids. You charge your own kids rent if you want. They're my kids. Last time I checked, they're not yours. So, that being said, they took responsibility. We made them pay. For, they bought their own cars. They paid for their own insurance. They paid for their own cell phone. They did all of that stuff, yes. But in Father's house, in my house... We wanted them to know there was always plenty. They can come to my house anytime they want. The house that we, we have right now, they have keys to it. Why? Because they're my kids. Do I have to be home? No, I don't have to be home. They can come in. They can do whatever they want. They can come in and eat any food they want. They can sleep there. They can stay there. We do not care. Why? Because in Father's house, there's always, there's always plenty. Now, we're not going to let them be irresponsible, but if their heart and mind is, is respectful, I have, no, I have no reason. I'm not there to drain my kids. I mean, I, does that make any sense? I hope so. God kind of love forgives and doesn't hold grudges. And you've got to forgive yourself. That's the biggest thing. Sometimes we, we've made mistakes. I know Kim and I, we, we, we've made mistakes. We've made mistakes and, and we've looked back at those, and sometimes we say to ourselves, I don't like that part of my life. I don't like this, or I, I wish we'd have did that different. But thank God. Maybe back then, we listened, but now we're smarter. And we're not over that door. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God that, that he says, you know what, if you confess it, and you repent from it, it's gone. And it's the enemy that tries to, again, those thoughts, condemning, not convicting. Holy Spirit can convict you, but condemning, it's a whole other thing. Discovery number five. This is our last one. I can't wait to do, I've, I've got a message coming that's going to be, I've I got another illustration for it. I'm excited about it. Uh, anyway, uh, number five, be aware of your words. It's going to deal with that. So that's why this is the last one. Mark eleven fourteen. Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. Do you understand that there's so much power in your words? Now, Sam would remember this. We lived uh, on High Point Road um, when we first started this church, an hour and 45 minutes from here. And we drove every weekend and packed the sound equipment and packed the kids and, you know, got in the school and set it up. I thank God for Ron Clayton and media and people that do all the, I mean, I, how God did all of this, it's, it, he's great. I mean, God is awesome. He gets all the glory. Anyway, all that being said, all that time, coming that far, doing all of those things, we lived at High Point Road. Sam, do you remember the, the pine trees that lined the drive? There, we had pine trees that lined the drive, and it, that was, they were cool. Now, this is just a sideline. We got our kids to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because in the wintertime, you couldn't get up the drive. 
So we just say, everybody start praying. And Mal would immediately go into tongues. Because we'd been stuck. We never, well, there's been times the kids never, we couldn't get them to church because we got stuck in the yard because it was just a steep drive. So, you know, we'd be heading that drive and it was one of those, I'd rev the, you know, because I'm making one shot and you can't stop. And they'd be back in the back. And we're like, this is awesome. God just come down in our car. Boom. But anyway, we had, we had one of those trees. And the tree was dead as a doornail. It was brown as anything. All the others were green, and this one was brown. And, and so Kim and I were there, and she said, we're gonna, we need to speak live to that tree because they had cut down some trees. You know, obviously, they were, some of them were gone when we moved in there, and we didn't want to cut any more down, and we liked where that tree was. So we just went and laid hands on that tree because of this story. Do you believe the Bible? I mean, do you believe if, if God did it and Jesus said, you can do that and even greater things? So we said, well, if you said that, I believe it. So we laid hands on a dead tree. And we actually, we've done that since we lived in this house. We, we spoke lilac bushes back to life and stuff. But anyway, we just spoke life to it. I command you to not die. I command you to live. I command you to turn green again in Jesus' name. And we took our hands off the tree. Guess what? It looked the same. But it didn't waver our faith because we were just like, I mean, Jesus went away 24 hours later, came back, and the, the, the tree had withered. I wasn't even, I didn't care if I didn't see it right then. That would have been cool, but we had already released our faith. And so we were sitting on the porch and stuff, and I don't even know how much time had gone by. And one of the kids came back in and said, hey, mom, dad, you know that tree you prayed for? Yeah, it's starting to turn green. You know, that tree came back to life turned green, we never had to cut it down. Why? Because of your words. Be aware of your words. It can unlock healing, and you'll find the... It's in your mouth. That's another key. It's in your mouth. He spoke to that fig tree, as I told you. We live in a word-dominated environment. Our entire lives are the result of what we've been saying. Where were you at right now? It's because... That's where you're at. You've spoke that. Scripture tells us to attend God's word, make it first place, put it in your hearts, meditate on it, speak it out of your mouth. That's Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. The Bible, God gave us the ability. Do you know that we are what, who God has created that we can speak like God? There, there is a word, I, I believe the word is debar, where, where it comes out of our mouth. But we can speak we have the right to choose the words we speak. To unlock healing, you have to take authority over your words. You have access to this room, to healing. If this was the healing part in the kingdom, you have access. But the only way that activates is by your words. Your words are the, you have the right, but your words are the switch that turn the power. Don't talk about how miserable you feel. Make a decision from Isaiah 53, 5. Jesus was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, praise God, I was healed. God already did that. I'm going to say that with my mouth. He was, now New Living says this, he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins, beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. 
Meditate on those things. Think about God, what Jesus went through so that you could have healing. It is his will that you be whole. Start speaking that from the abundance of your heart. Start saying things, uh, you know, God, I want to say what you say. I'm going to speak the end result. What am I desiring? What am I believing for? We are seeing things happen in our life as I speak now because we have spoken them into existence. Now, as we're just about to do this altar call, as we uh, get ready to close this out, I want you to think about some things. Think about these five discoveries. Just because we're discovering doesn't mean they're new. It just means that they've been there, and God wants you to be whole. He wants you to be financially whole. He wants you to be uh, well in your, in your mind and in your body. He wants you to be prosperous, not just in money, but inside, in your feelings, in your heart. He wants you to be able to love. He wants you to be his ambassador for the kingdom. He wants you to show people the way. That's what he wants. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what he wants. He wants you and I to be the ambassadors, the witnesses, the lights, the living epistles. The only way that's going to happen is if we're different from what they see everywhere else. So everybody bow your head, close your eyes. Those that are online, you can do this as well. <laughs> if you're saying today, PB, I got some things I got to take care of. Would you pray with me? I want you just to put your hand up in the air and put it back down. Yes, yeah, all over this place. Me as well. Yep, yep. Those online, just raise your hand right where you're at. Now the Bible, again, we're talking about words. So as we are praying, faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing by the word. It's really important to hear yourself pray and say aloud and declare the word of God. Because it grows your faith. You, you get it now, you start getting it from your head to your heart. And remember, when that gets together, you, you'll receive. It'll manifest. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these that need you to intervene in their life. They choose right now by their free will to let you intervene. The words they use. Father, I break any spoken words that were contrary to your word off their life in the name of Jesus. We speak life into their situation, health and healing to their bodies. Father, for those that maybe have raised their hand and need to rededicate their life or call you Lord even for the first time, those that are online, say this prayer, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me for my sins. From this day forward, I will serve you with all my being. In Jesus' name.